0: well I'm delighted you're here tonight thank you for being here I have something on my heart that I want to share with you from God's Word Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 20 is our text it's a simple verse but it's filled with truth and I want you to look at it and consider it tonight the Bible says the harvest is past, and the summer is ended And we are not saved. Jeremiah 8, 20 may be one of the saddest verses in the Bible. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. I pray God will seal this verse to our soul tonight and give us instruction from His Word. And will you join us as we pray together that God would ready our heart. Father, as we come to you in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us tonight as only you can. You know the need of this hour, and Lord, you know those who are gathered here with us and those who may be watching online, and I pray that you'd speak to every heart alike. Dear God, I pray that you would give us liberty. And Lord, that the word of God would be received with gladness of heart. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us together tonight. Thank you for every song. What a blessing they were. And now we come to the time in which we have opened your word and we consider this text tonight. I pray, dear Father, that you would help us, Lord, to take it to heart. And I pray, dear Father, that it would change the way we live our life as believers, and may tonight, may it change the eternal outcome of some soul. We ask it in Jesus' name, and for His sake we pray, all of God's people said, Amen. On April the 14th, 1912, the great Titanic sank. It was slated as the ship that even God could not sink. It's amazing that men would make such a claim, isn't it? But they did, and this great Titanic made by the White Star Company went down on its maiden voyage. There was signs placed at the outside of the White Star Company that made that ship and on the entrance of that company was a sign that was posted known to be saved and names listed and on the other side of the entrance of that company was another sign known to be lost and the names listed. When that ship began to sail there were three classes of passengers. But that evening when it sank there were only two classes of passengers, saved and lost. It's amazing, isn't it? Much the same way we are on a ship in this voyage of life and really it is derived to two specific categories of people when this life ends. Those that are saved and those that are lost. My dad used to say it this way. He said, there's either saints or ain'ts. You're either saved or you're lost. When you take this verse in Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 20. It's a serious verse but yet sad in its context because when you break it into three different parts and consider each truth, it has an amazing story to tell about the reality of eternity and the urgency for us as believers to embrace that very thing. Verse number 20 in the first part, the Bible said the harvest is past. I want you to consider tonight, there is a time that should concern us. The harvest is past. It's a specific time that is being referenced in the nation of Israel. And it's not just talking about the entire nation of Israel, but it's talking about its kings and its queens and its leaders it's including everyone and the reality of the harvest being passed is not only an issue in this hour in which Jeremiah is speaking but it's also a problem in our day the harvest is passed in our country and around the world I recently read some shocking statistics and I won't bore you with them this evening But the reality is the world is going to hell quicker than we can get them to Christ. It's alarming, isn't it? In every second, in every minute, in every hour, souls are dropping off into an eternity without Christ. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 said, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I believe that we have a truth that is so valuable that the world deserves to hear it, and we have a Savior that is worth sharing with all of the world. And if the harvest is past, this time should concern us that we don't have long left to bring in those who are without Christ. This time is not only reflected nationally as to what is going on, but this time of the harvest being passed has a personal aspect to it as well. I want you to think about a nation that has forgotten God and its downward plunge, but what about the soul that walks away from God and never knows Him as Savior? And so I think it's important that every individual understands what time it is. The scripture says that it's high time to awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation, our deliverance, nearer than when we believed. They say that if someone is not saved by the age of 21, that there is a 5,000 to one chance that they will ever be saved, and the odds go the other direction the older we get. They say that someone that is 50 years of age or older, it's 150,000 to 1 odds that they will ever come to know Jesus. So we have to reach people when they're young when they're willing to listen, when they're impressionable, it may be the only time that we have a chance to reach them with the gospel. So the time should concern us nationally, as it did with Jeremiah. But it should also concern us personally, because it affects every one of our lives in some way, shape, or form, The harvest is past should give us an urgency as believers to bring our loved ones to Jesus Christ. The time should concern us. But here's a second consideration. There is a truth that should consume us. The harvest is past and the summer is ended. Now, this particular statement in the text gives us the idea that there is a specific season. And I want you to think about that for a moment. The harvest is past, and now the summer is ended. And it gives us the idea that somewhere between May and June, there is a harvest of wheat. And past June, it's become so dry and so hot that it will cook the wheat. So the harvest needs to be gleaned while it is ripe before it is ruined and wasted. And then the next statement is the summer is ended. Now if the harvest is past and the summer is ended, it is saying that this season is over. It's talking about a specific season that will pass and when it's over, the opportunity is gone from us. John 9, verse number 4 says it like this, I must work the works of him that has sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. There is a time and opportunity, but it will soon pass us. It's a short season. Not just specifically, but a short season. The summer is ended. And I don't know about you, but the older that I get, the quicker time seems to go, and the shorter the summers are. And I want to tell you when we look at our life as a whole, the Bible says that it's as a vapor, it appears for a little time and then it vanisheth away. The Scripture is saying that there is two months to gather the harvest before it's ruined and wasted. It's really a call to believers. It's a call to the people of God to do what you can while you can, while you have the opportunity. A specific season and a short season. If we really realized that our opportunities are so close to passing, we would do more than what we're doing for the cause of Christ. The story is told about an intramural basketball game within a university between the medical students and the engineers. The score with 30 seconds left on the clock was 34 to 33. And so the engineers decide they would grab the ball, they would freeze it, they might pass it around so the other team could not get it and score. The only problem is the engineers that held the ball and froze the ball failed to realize they weren't 34 on the scoreboard, they were 33. And when the clock run out, they realize they had lost the game while holding the ball. I believe sometimes the church can put itself in that particular place. The urgency is before us. The need is great. The time is pressing. But for some reason, we get so wrapped up into our budgets or our buildings or the bills or the belongings that the church has that we forget that there is a harvest to reap and a short time to reach it. We need a revival, don't we? We need God to steer our hearts back up for our community and to help us bring in those that are lost and without Jesus. Someone is well said that there is no fear that the church won't succeed, but that the church will succeed in only those things that don't really matter. May God help us to do what matters for all eternity, and not just temple preferences that we have. Robert Moffitt said this, we shall have all eternity to celebrate our victories but one short hour before the sun sets in which to win them. You see, if you're going to win your loved ones, right now is the time. If you're going to bring people to Christ, the urgency is now. May God help us to realize we only have a short season. You read the text, didn't you? The harvest is past. The summer is ended, but there's another phrase that I want you to consider, and we are not saved. The last part may be the most important part of this verse. It demands a verdict. It demands a response. It calls us to make a decision, doesn't it? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Here in this particular phrase, you find the tragedy of a sinner. The fact that when time has run out and the opportunity has ceased, that this is the indictment, we are not saved. I don't know of anything that is worse than being a created being and knowing that Jesus Christ gave his life for your soul, but never receiving him as your personal savior. To me, there's nothing worse than being lost, being without Jesus. And we are not saved. That word saved is a powerful word, isn't it? It is a suggestive word. It means you've been delivered that you've been redeemed, that you've been ransomed, that all is well, that you have been saved. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think about the fact that most of this world is wrapped up in everything that they can imagine, but yet the most important thing they are not thinking about and focusing on is the fact that they must be ready to meet God when this life comes to an end. You see the tragedy of the sinner. We are not saved. But this statement just doesn't apply to the sinner, it also applies to the saint. Here's what the Bible says, and we are not saved. You see the times running out for believers to do their part just like it is for the lost to make a decision for Christ. And we all must be busy doing what we need to do to make things right with Almighty God. I don't think there's anything that has steered me any more than a story that came from the Titanic. It's a story of a preacher that was on board the Titanic by the name of John Harper. John Harper was giving up a boat, giving up a life vest, trying to help women and children to safety. And When that ship went down, John Harper was one of the many that was out there treading water. The story is told that in those icy waters as people would float past one another that John Harper was sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and trying to win people to the Lord. You see, John Harper had boarded that ship to come to America to preach for D.L. Moody. He'd had great meetings there and he was coming back to the U.S. to preach in Chicago for D.L. Moody and he would be there for three months. When this ship went down, he went down with it and sharing the gospel in those last hours of his life, someone would float by him and he would say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Then he would ask the question, have you believed on the Lord Jesus? To which he would hear a response, no. Some said that they heard the voice of many in which he called out to that would say yes while others would say no. The great part of this story is after the ship had sank, John Harper had died in a watery grave, there was a story told about a gentleman that raised his hand at a gathering and said, I am the last convert of John Harper. The SS Carpathia came and delivered me from those icy waters, but it was before then that I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and be my savior. I'm the last one that John Harper witnessed to. I'm the last convert of that preacher. I wonder, do we realize that we have an opportunity and that opportunity will pass? I'm talking about 25 plus years experience as a pastor listening to people say, I should have witnessed and shared the gospel with my mother or my father or my sister or my brother. I've seen people stand by the graveside weeping and heartbroken saying i should have did more to share the gospel with him you see it's the same impression when you read jeremiah chapter 8 verse 20 it's a sad thing to wait till it's too late the urgency of the words of the poet really ring true to what i'm trying to say tonight when the choir has sung its last anthem, and the preacher has prayed his last prayer, and the people have heard their last sermon, and the sound is died in the air. When the Bibles lie closed on the altar, and the pews are emptied of all men, and each one stands facing his record, the great book will be opened, what then? When the actor has played his last drama, The mimic has made his last fun, the film has played its last picture, and the billboard has displayed its last run. When the crowd is still seeking pleasure, and the darkness has gone out again, and the trumpet of the ages has sounded, and we stand before him, what then? When the bugle call sinks into silence and the long marching column stands still, when the captain repeats his last order that they've captured the last fort and healed, when the flag is hauled in its masthead and the wounded in the fields check in, when the world has rejected its savior and it's asked for a reason, what then? You see, the urgency is that we have one life and it will soon be passed. If we are not saved and if we have not done what we can for Christ, it will all be to no avail. May God help us. D.O. Moody told a story about preaching a meeting. In which he used this particular text, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 20. That night, unbeknown to him, there was someone in the meeting that heard him preach the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. But the gentleman thought he had plenty of time. He left the meeting that night. Time had rocked on. D.L. Moody was in that same area three years later, and he was contacted by the wife of that gentleman. She said, could you please come to our home? And so D.L. Moody came to their home. The gentleman was such in a bad state of health that he tried to help him, but he couldn't do so. He noticed that he was just continuously mumbling Just in a very low tone. And so, what he did was, he leaned down and he was listening. And the more he listened, he heard him saying, The harvest is past, the summer's ended, we are not saved. He didn't remember that three years previous, that was the text that he preached from. He didn't even recall it. He said to the man's wife, why does he keep repeating Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 20? She said, Mr. Moody, he came to a meeting that night. You preached that text, Jeremiah eight twenty. He couldn't forget it. And he knew he needed to do something about it. He said so on many occasions. But he got so cold and so hard and so callous, he just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And when his health started failing, he didn't know what to do. Mr. Moody, he's not in the type of cognitive state to really understand what he ought to do. And the woman said to Moody, it's exactly like that verse says. The harvest is past and the summer is ended and he is not saved. I don't know how else to explain it or to illustrate it or to impress it on your heart tonight but if we ever have revival we have got to understand the urgency of a verses like Jeremiah 8 verse 20 that it demands a response from our hearts as believers and if you're here tonight and you've never been saved it demands a response from you I wanna ask you a question in eternity if there was a board on one side of the entrance of heaven known to be saved and a board on the other side of the entrance of heaven, known to be lost. Which side would your name be written? Are you saved? Are you lost? Let me simplify this real quickly and we'll have the invitation. This is very important and I want you to listen. Listen. When I talk about being saved, I'm asking you, do you know that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior without any doubt whatsoever? When I say, are you lost? I'm asking you plainly, are you without Jesus Christ? Are you without hope? Do you need to trust Him? as your personal Savior. This evening, as we stand together all over this building, and our dear brother leads us in a verse of invitation. I don't know who is here. It may be a teenager, it may be an adult. Only God knows. But I want to ask you this important question. Are you saved? God spoke to your heart this evening. I want you to know I'm around front. Pastor Randy's around front. And we'd love to show you how you can know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. And I also want to give the invitation in this way before our brother leads us in song. Do you understand the urgency of us bringing people to Christ before it's too late? And if God would move on your heart. To come and pray about that and pray about what your role is and how God could use you to bring others to Jesus. I want to invite you to come in the invitation time. Let's do business with God. Let's respond to Him. I know God wants us to draw near to Him. And the Bible said He would draw near to us. Let's pray together and then we'll have the invitation. Father, if somebody is here that needs the Lord Jesus, whether they're on the floor of this church or in the balcony, I pray, dear God, that you'll give them the courage and the strength to come forward and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive them of their sins and that they will put their faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for the atonement of their sins. Dear Father, we can't work our way to heaven. We must trust what Jesus has already done. And I pray you'd give somebody the courage to realize that they need Jesus and they need to come to Jesus now. And I pray, dear Father, that tonight, before this service ends, that somebody who may not be saved would know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and be saved before it's too late. Father, may you do this in this service. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.